Welcome to the Engage Church Duluth podcast, where together we are learning to love God and people better. You'll find links, notes, and insights that go along with this episode at the link in our podcast description and on our website at engagechurchduluth.com. We're so glad you're joining us today. Well, good morning. Merry Christmas to everybody. How's everyone doing today? Okay, we got to rewind on that one. How's everyone doing? All right. Yeah, all right. Oh, well, that's good. I'm, I'm Pastor Josh. This is Engaged Church, and we are just so glad to have you here. Um, I, I'm not even sure what Tim said. I was back there just kind of getting ready or whatever, but I do want to just tell you that if, if somebody's wondering on Christmas Eve, we don't have a service here, um, just some of the logistics that we have with, with how we're a mobile church and we meet here just doesn't work out this year. So uh, find somewhere to, to have that time if that's what you're looking for. But I just wanted to make it clear that we don't have one if you're, if you're thinking about that and we're wondering. So uh, anyhow, we're going to move on here. And I just, um, Christmas time for me is, it's so fun preparing a message, or it's just so fun to be in God's word. It's such a good reminder uh, of really what, uh, we ha- like what we have as a gift, you know? And, and we just see this, this, uh, this illustration of, you know, this baby coming to earth, and it just changes everything for us. Like this little baby, this fragile little baby. But the reality of it is, is Jesus isn't a little baby right now. Uh, He's alive and well, and he is in heaven preparing a place for us to be with him in eternity. Amen. It's just exciting. And so it just reminds us of so much that we can be grateful for. You know, you go through a year, and let's be honest, life is tough. Life is rough. We don't always have a good uh, uh, view of ourselves or others. Uh, we don't look at our circumstances all the time and just feel joyous. But when we're reminded of Jesus, it just makes it that much better, doesn't it? I mean, it's just a wonderful thing. And so today, I just want to remind us. I want to remind us with uh, Scripture. I'll tell you right now, there, the Scripture that we're going to share today, there's two. And this first one is one of my favorites all right, because it's just, I think it's just so vital in the Bible to remind us and remember us what this is all about and what the gift we have from God in Jesus Christ. And then we're going to talk about another one later here in Romans, uh, teaser alert right there. And it is just such the good news. I can't wait to share them to you. In fact, I could read these two. We could all clap, we could pray, we could go home. But I'm going to add a little bit of stuff in the middle here. So let's, let's show this one. This is John 3.16 and 17. Coming up here anytime. Or maybe I didn't put it in there this morning. So, that's okay. So, here we go. There we are. All right. The computer needed coffee this morning, so now it has it, and welcome to church. So here we go. So for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, whoever, that's good news, believes in him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. Not part-time life, not half-life, eternal life. For God did not send, this is where it just gets awesome, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world or judge the world or put the world down, but to save the world through him. That is such good news. We, we, 
we go through life and we feel all this pressure from things. We, we feel like that's not really the truth, that we do feel judged. We feel like it's about rules. We feel like it's about religion and things that it's not about. You know, why do you think, this is just a question, nobody has to answer this, but just kind of answer this to yourself. Why do you think that it's, it's easier or more comfortable for people to think of Jesus as a savior for all humanity, you know, than it is like this personal savior? It's so much easier to view Jesus as like, yeah, I get it, like Jesus came for like all humanity, but I see it day and day, a day and week and month and year after year in people's lives where they just don't believe, I can see it in them, they don't believe that it's this personal savior. And, and we make Christmas about this kind of, this global thing, which it is, it's about, it's about our savior entering the world, but it's so personal. It's so personal, and we have something to celebrate individually in our own hearts and our own lives when this becomes real to us. It's a powerful, powerful thing. I think the reason that it's easier for, or some of the reasons, I should say, that it's easier for us to think of Jesus as this savior for all humanity versus like understanding how personal this really is, is that we feel distant from God. There's a lot of things that, you know, we, we kind of went through the year, we started off good, and, there, and we're just kind of at a place we didn't think we'd be. Maybe emotionally, maybe financially, maybe in our relationships. Maybe we made a commitment to ourselves that we didn't follow through with. I don't know what it is. And, and so we, we kind of get afraid of where we stand with God. We start rattling around like, man, I made this decision. What does that mean for me? Where do I stand with God? And that puts a little bit of distance there. And we start to see that Jesus is for all humanity, but it's taking away that personal, personal vibe of what Christmas is really about. We start to wonder if we're good enough. You know, that distances us from God is truth. His truth is that he has grace, grace and truth. And, and it, you don't get your identity through the things that you do and who you are. You get your identity through who you are in him and your faith that you put in him. It's we, we get in this spot where we, we kind of feel distant from God because we're, we're afraid, we're, we're not really sure where we stand, we don't feel like we're good enough. A lot of us start comparing ourselves to other believers. That's a big one. We just, you know, like, ah, oh, man, I see, I see them lifting their hands in worship and I don't know what makes them do that. Or I, I see that every time the, the offering plate comes around, they're like smiling and they're saying, thank you, Lord, as they put their tithes in there. And I just don't feel that way. I feel like I'm paying a bill when I'm giving and, and I don't know what that's all about. I don't know how it's changed my heart. I see this marriage just looks so good, but, but you know, like I'm not there right now and, and I'm not sure how I feel. And, and you just get comparing and further and further and further and further away you feel distance from God. And it doesn't feel personal anymore. Feels like something we do going through the motions. Feels empty. We're not even really sure why we're doing it anymore. Merry Christmas. <laughs> this is a real spot. This is real life. I would love to get up here and just, you know, you know, hand out like sugar cookies to everybody like life is all good. But that's not real, is it? This is personal, this is real, this is real to us. We are feeling this right now. You, somebody in here, in those explanations is living that out. And, and this is why I love Christmas, because it's so simple to see. I wanna look at the lives 
of the shepherds. I know usually on Christmas in the messages we talk about the manger and baby Jesus, and believe me, it's all centered for him, but I wanna look at the shepherds with this idea of why it feels more comfortable, why it seems easier to view Jesus as something, somebody that's, that's the savior of the world rather than how personal it's actually meant to be. I wanna talk about that in Luke 2, 8 and 11. I'm gonna read it all. We're gonna break it down word by word, go back to the Greek and the Hebrew. It's gonna be a long service here today. I'm kidding, we're not doing all that. Everybody's like, oh man, should have had another cup of coffee. But here we go, Luke 2, uh, 8 through 11. It says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them. That's wild. And the glory of God, or the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I know this is a wild scene. I know you've never experienced something like this. Don't be afraid. It's okay. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, Messiah's Savior. He is our Savior. And so, you know, why would this angel come? I think it's so interesting when we look at a couple of these points. So what, the, what would happen back in this culture if you had the money to do this, okay? If you had the money to do this, um, when, a, when your firstborn was born or secondborn, whatever it was, you would actually hire a herald. And you would give them money and they would like go skipping through town like, hey, a baby's been born, right? Like, so if you had money, or maybe like in a couple extra goats. I don't know how they did things back then, but they would hire this person to go herald and, and it would just be an amazing thing. What's so interesting here is, is who would you think if, if Jesus was being born today, where would we think that God would send the herald to tell people that Jesus was here? I mean, if you're smart, you go on Facebook Live because you're hitting like a lot of people like that, right? No, we would think that he would go to some kind of like prominent leader or, you know, uh, the president or like some other world leader, right? But what he does, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He goes and he says, I want you to bring the message to these shepherds. And we always think of the shepherd like any of us that have been churched, you know, or been in a church or whatever since we were little, you know, we see the shepherds and they usually look like they're 10 or 11 years old because the kids' ministry usually does that, right? And they hold the, the staff and they have the burlap on. It's all cute and things like that. The shepherds at this time were nothing like that. Nothing like that at all. In fact, these shepherds, these shepherds were, uh, they were like the lowest ranking job you could have. They were actually an embarrassment, in fact, if you were um, a dad, you would not get, and you needed a shepherd, you would not take your first son and have him be a shepherd. You would take, like, the son that came way long after because it was embarrassment. And most times the shepherds, uh, the shepherding job would actually go to slaves because this was, like, the lowest of lows. Isn't that interesting? The thing about shepherding is a lot of times they were young boys, uh, they were slaves, um, they were uh, just kind of failures and outcasts by society, right? They were, they were just 
kind of dirty, stinky, like we don't want to want to be a part of them. It was, it was an embarrassment. Um, no matter how hard they tried, they didn't have any opportunity for advancement. They were, they were uneducated, like shepherding, this is who you're going to be, this is what you're going to do. You're not like moving up the ranks, like a shepherd, the top shepherd is the same as the lowest shepherd. Like, here it is. There's, there's no way to move them forward. They were, in the religious culture, they were actually avoided because it was like they were unclean. I mean, they literally slept with their flocks like 24 hours a day. I don't know if anybody's ever been by a sheep farm, but it doesn't smell like potpourri, I'll tell you that much. It's dirty, it's nasty. And these guys, these guys were right in the mix of that. And so God decides to herald to these shepherds. Isn't that unique? That just sounds like God. The more that you read scripture, the more that you get to know God, it's just like, that's just what he does. He just does interesting things like that. These lowest of lows, these dirty, uneducated, nobody wants anything to do with them, really. Shepherds were the first ones to hear about Jesus being born. But yet, you have to imagine that just like we talked about, God didn't feel very personal to them before this moment. In fact, they probably felt very distant from God for a number of reasons. Like one of the reasons would that they just felt unworthy. They really just felt like they were, they were unworthy, not just with God, but, I mean, these people, they were outcasts in Israel. They were, they were outcasts. They were taught that they weren't good enough for God or for religion. They were just taught, like, you're not educated, you're not good enough. Can you imagine being brought up, told that you're not good enough? I know as I say that, I don't see any head shaking, but I just wonder how many people out there have heard that as we've grown up from people that we trust very much, our fathers, our mothers, our grandmas, our spouses, that you're not good enough. They're taught this. See where we can relate to this? This is real life. You know, they, 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 <laughs> their work, just their work made them unworthy to worship in the temple. Because at the temple, see, the temple was very different. You know, we are the church. This isn't about a building. I mean, we have an awesome place to worship, amen. This is so cool here. But this is not about that. We are the temple. We carry the Holy Spirit with us. We are the church. As we love one another and care for one another and care for a city, we are the church. But, but there was just a, a different um, a different idea of the temple at this time. You have to understand that the temple was the place where they went to meet God. They went to worship. They, they did this like on a daily basis. And these shepherds, their work would actually cause them to be ceremonially unclean. They just were so dirty that they couldn't walk into this holy place. They weren't allowed. So they were unworthy. Can you imagine being unworthy to walk through those doors? Man, this is a place where we want to embrace everybody. No matter where you're at in life, whatever you're struggling with, you are welcome here. And we truly believe that God loves you right where you are. But he doesn't want to leave you where you are. He wants to take you somewhere. But these guys, these shepherds, they weren't even, they weren't even good enough in society, in the religious culture, to worship God. They had to have felt unworthy. 
I know that a lot of us have felt that way, and, and I am kind of talking to the, the person that's grown up in a church or around church, where we have felt like maybe we're not dirty shepherds, but because of a sin or, or a circumstance in our life, we've had, we've had others in the church look at us and tell us like, yeah, you're not really where you should be. You know what to do, you know what not to do, and you're doing that, so how can you feel like you're close to God? I've had that happen to me. I've had that happen to me. This is real life. We can relate with this. I know that some of us, even this morning, we're kind of like, man, I don't know if I'm in a place of, of worship or even worthy to worship here because on the way in, my kids were just driving me crazy and I'm like, I'm like chucking ice cubes in the back to try to get them to be quiet or whatever you do, right? Turn the music up louder. I always feel like just a great parent when I'm driving and I'm like swerving all over the road and I'm like, I'm coming back there, you know, and it's like, oh, this is, this is a great scene, Pastor Josh, great scene, right? We feel unworthy sometimes, distant from God. Takes us away from feeling personal. Another thing that I think that they feel that we can relate with is, uh, so, you know, they, they feel distant from God, they feel unworthy, um, is inadequate. They must have felt inadequate. They were uneducated, they were inadequate socially, they couldn't carry on conversations. Like, they were so uneducated that honestly, like, common day, like, you know, coffee shop or you're at the gym conversations would be, like, over these guys' head. They couldn't talk politics, they couldn't talk mathematics, they couldn't talk science, they couldn't talk um, scripture and, you know, all these things because they weren't really allowed to go worship and they didn't have time for that. They couldn't have conversations like we could. They must have just felt so inadequate. Not to mention the religious people of that day were very haughty and really looked down to people that didn't have that kind of knowledge, so they didn't have an opportunity. Spiritually inadequate, they couldn't keep the Sabbath. That was a huge thing. The Sabbath, you needed one day to rest. These guys were 24-7 with their flock. They couldn't do it. Must have felt inadequate. They can't even keep some of these laws, some of this religion they couldn't do because their jobs wouldn't allow it. They're inadequate, they're distant from God, they're, they're, uh, they're unworthy, they're inadequate. You guys can see how this is coming. The last thing that I think that they probably felt, and probably much more than this, but just what I'm kind of talking about here today is they felt unworthy, felt inadequate, and they probably definitely felt unloved. These are just things that I think that we struggle with. You know, what you don't under, I mean, it, it, again, there's so much that I've learned about the shepherds as I've been kind of looking in, into this and studying. And I didn't know this, but shepherds were actually, unfortunately, a lot of them were thieves. Not all of them, but a lot of them would, would steal stuff. How many people steal stuff? Let's catch you on camera. No, I'm just kidding. They were thieves. And if even the ones that weren't, you were known as a thief. You ever feel like you've been put into a box of just like who you are? You, you may not be that person, but because what job you have or what crowd you hang with or, or whatever, that you're kind of put into this box of something that you're not? I have. I'll raise my hand on that one. But they must have felt on love because they were just known as thieves. You know, they, they, they were, you know, no man wanted their daughter to marry a shepherd. They wouldn't like make a, 
make any kind of effort to say, oh, I see this shepherd out there. I really want my daughter to be with that thief, that dirty person, the one that doesn't, you know, keep the Sabbath, the one that can't even make it to the temple, makes no money, is uneducated. Everybody, like, when they walk by are kind of screaming unclean. Doesn't sound like a, a prize, right? So they didn't even really have the greatest opportunities to be married, And I just feel like those three things are really where a lot of us are today. I really believe that. I believe that we feel unworthy, not all of us, and not in all these areas. We feel unworthy, right? Like, how can I step into this place right now and come before Jesus? How could he have come for me personally with all this sin? Do you know what I did this week? And if you did, you wouldn't even want to be next to me right now. And you're feeling unworthy. Or you feel inadequate and you say, man, I could never wear a suit coat and a hoodie sweatshirt at the same time and pull it off. Like Pastor, oh. Got you laughing. We feel inadequate. You know, I I don't know enough. I've only been a Christian for this long. I I don't have time to get in my word, and I just, when I do, it doesn't make sense. Or at my job, I just feel like everybody else is, uh, is doing things better than me, and I'm just not getting it. In my finances, it seems like these younger people like kind of have it going on and I'm like at an older age where it's kind of coming to an end. I don't have a lot of opportunities left and I'm just not sure. I just feel inadequate. And the sad one is, is when we feel unloved. We've just had, I was blessed with good parents that told me that they cared about me, told me that they were proud, but I know that not everybody was dealt that hand. And I know that some people in here were really beat up by mom and dad. And it's hard for you to think about a savior that is so personal, that loves you so deeply, not only is willing to die for you, but did die for you. All so that he could personally spend eternity with you. You. It gets very personal very fast. You know, there's a mom out there that just feels like she can't do it all. Unworthy, unlovable, inadequate. There's parents out there that are just thinking, man, what did I do? How did I, how did I make that, the decision to where my, my child just kind of turned a direction, turned away from God or turned away from us? You're feeling unloved, inadequate, unworthy. I, mean, I could go on and on. If you're not married and you're just kind of like, what is the deal? What's wrong with me? Every time I go on a date, I just seem to repel people. Maybe you're dealing with a breakup recently. What's wrong with me? Why am I unlovable? Why am I inadequate to have a relationship that lasts? These are real places we get. And the point that I want to make here today, and we're going to go into some things that I really believe, and my goal here is to let you guys, if there's nothing else you get out of today, I just want you to understand how personal Christmas is. 
I love the tree. I love what we're doing here. I love going, we're going to go celebrate with our kids and father-in-law, and I'm eating prime rib tomorrow, and I am going to overeat on prime rib tomorrow. I promise you that. And I love the traditions, and I love all that. And honestly, I don't even like the, the arguments back and forth and the debates on, like, what you should celebrate and what you shouldn't. I think we kind of really know, you know, and it's where the heart is. I love those traditions. I love that stuff. But it's more personal than that. We can't just let this year go by one more time and not understand how personal Christmas is to each and every one of us. And see, the point that I want you guys to hear here today and hear it good is that religion did not work for the shepherds. It didn't work for them. Because by religion, they were inadequate, they were unlovable, and they were not worthy. That's what religion showed the shepherds. Religion didn't work for the shepherds, and it doesn't work for us. It is not about cleaning up the right way, doing your hair the right way, knowing scripture the way that you should. It is about understanding what this baby meant and having a personal, real relationship with Jesus. And that should make us clap, the ones that believe, amen? Religion does not work. It didn't work for the shepherds. It doesn't work for us. It doesn't work. Religion causes us to focus on the external, the dirtiness, the the smelliness, if you will. And Jesus is so much more about what is inside. He's so much more about what's inside than he is about all this external stuff and, and what you do. See, because you can never do enough. You cannot earn grace. You cannot buy grace. It is a free gift that is for all of us if we would just receive it. It's about who we are in him. Religion didn't work for the shepherds and it doesn't work for us. So if this is good news, and it is good news, if it's good news, if there is a savior, then what does that mean for me today? What does that mean? What, what, what does that mean? And this is, the, this is a verse in the Bible. It's, it's by the Apostle Paul. And the reason that I love it is the Apostle Paul, his name was Saul at one time, and he was all about, he hated Christians. He hated, he, he tried to, to destroy the religion. I mean, like, brutally. Not just kind of like, you know, tweeting about things. I mean, like, literally putting people in prison and trying to destroy the church, trying to destroy believers, trying to take down the church. And he was transformed, not by religion, not because he got a chance to go to the temple and he, and he, and he you know, prayed a, a certain prayer or he took a certain sacrament because Jesus Christ became personal to him. He realized that Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world through trusting in him. And he had a moment with Jesus on this road. It was a powerful moment, and it changed the course of his life. It changed his destiny, and now you and I are impacted by that because we get to read the words, the good news of Jesus right here from Paul in Romans 3, 20 through 22. I'm going to read it all, and then we'll break it down a little bit. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. Religion doesn't work. 
The law simply shows us how sinful we are. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. Amen. We should be fired up about this. We are made right with God by placing our faith, our trust, our whole trust in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. No matter who you are, this is good news for you. This is exciting. This gets personal. See, you cannot earn God's acceptance by following the rules. Boy, some of us have had a long, exhausting journey trying to do that. We cannot earn God's acceptance by following the rules, by following the law. It, it just, it can't happen. It's said right here, the law, right here in, in uh, Romans 3.20, it says, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. That's not Pastor Josh coming up with a clever saying. That is the word of God. That's truth. We cannot be made right that way, doing what the law commands. The Pharisees tried to follow 613 laws. Can you imagine? 613. God gives us the Ten Commandments, right? And then Jesus comes, he says, let me make it even more simple. Love God with everything you have and love people as much as yourself. That's the law. That, that's what you worry about. That's what you keep in front of you. That's what should drive you. You love God and you love people. Simplify it. Can you imagine 613? These people dedicated their life to religion. So not only did religion not help the shepherds, it didn't help the Pharisees, it didn't help the Sadducees, it didn't help the political people of those days. It hasn't helped anybody. Because for no one can be made right with God by doing what the law commands. Interesting. The purpose of the law the purpose of the rules is to show you your need for a savior. I love this thought. L listen to this right here. It, uh, verse, the rest of verse 20. It says, for no one can be made right with God by doing what the law commands. Okay, we just read that. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Well, amen, bring the law on. The law was given to show us that we can't measure up. We can't be made right with God by ourselves. Because honestly, we, we just, we are sinful people. We are going to make mistakes. We, you know, Jesus says, man, this life, it's troublesome. And there's temptations that, honestly, you're not really strong enough. I, I will empower you and I will give you opportunity out. But sometimes you fall into that. There's, there's circumstances in life that are just, uh, one of, the, one of the, the worst things that I don't like hearing people say is that God will never give you more than you can handle. It says that nowhere in scripture. I think that God says, you're gonna be in over your head every day in this life. And this is why you need me. This is why it needs to be personal. This is why it's not just about coming to a, a service once in a while or opening up your scripture when you feel sad. It's about a relationship because life is hard. Those finances and those bills keep coming every month. Right? The, the job, you still need to work that every month. Those emotions that you're trying to figure out are there. It's, I mean, the, the, the illness, the x-ray, that's a real thing and that's yours and you have to kind of go through this now. And you're going to need me. You're going to need to rely on me. This has to be personal. This has to be personal. Man, I feel like I need to calm down a little bit. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. 
can't be made right by that. The law is to show us how far away we were and such our need for a Savior. So we should celebrate that. Thank you for showing us our need for Jesus. So we can't earn anything by following the law. And the law is really just to point us for our need for this little baby in a manger that we so desperately need, that is so personal. We need them. Celebrate them. Righteousness with God comes by faith in Christ alone. Being made right with God This scripture shows us, the good news says, it's not about following the law. The law was there to show us how far away we are. And the only way that we can get to God and be right with God is through our trust, our faith that we put in Jesus. This really means it's not Jesus plus how much good I can do. Jesus plus how much I serve. Jesus plus how many times, like if if I didn't get angry this week or. This really means it's Jesus plus nothing else. The way that we are made right and the only way that we are made right is when we look at Christmas and we see this baby and we recognize that that was the only way and we trust that and we celebrate that and that without that, there was no being right with God no matter what we did. See, it's not about what we, it's not about what I do. That's what religion says. Religion says when you come to the temple, when you, you know, get on your, your knees or you, or you put down your sacrifice or, or whatever, like our love for God, our love for Jesus, it compels us to take on his character and we give more of ourselves. That's why we do things like this because Jesus has changed our life. We just want to be a light in the city. That's all we want to do. We want to bless the city because of what Jesus has done in us. But we can't be made right with God by that. We realize that it's about this manger. It's about this baby that came, that if he didn't come, there was no other way. See, religion says it's about what you do. But relationship says it's about what Jesus has done. It's about who he is. You know, religion says it's about me. If I show up to the game, then I'm worthy, I'm adequate, I'm lovable. That's what religion says. It's about me. It's about me showing up. Relationship says it's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Religion just says it's about what we do. But relationship takes that weight off of us and it says it's done. Because guess what? Jesus, the reason we celebrate Christmas is because there was an Easter. Because Jesus didn't stay this little, you know, I'm guessing probably, you know, five pounds, six ounces, blue-eyed baby Jesus, whatever we, you know, picture him to be. He grew up. He lived a perfect life without sin. And he sat one day after he did all these miracles and ministered to so many people. He sat on his knees one day relying on the Father. And he says, God, I do not know what else to do. I'm not looking forward to being beaten I'm not looking forward to being called names. I'm not being looking forward to being on a cross. But your will be done. 
And he goes to a cross for you and I. And he dies. A painful, ugly death. Because God's word says that the wages, the price of sin is death. That's all we have. But it doesn't stop there. He says the gift of God is eternal life. Christmas is a gift. Jesus is the answer to your eternal life. And the awesome thing is, is like we all, you know, it's, it's sad when we think about the crucifix, you know, I like we cry and we tear up. But what happened is, the reason that we celebrate Christmas is if it stopped there, then Jesus was just a really good teacher. He was an awesome guy that did a lot of really cool stuff. But three days later, God's power, God's power, delivered him from death. And he is alive right now, pursuing your heart preparing a place for us to be with him for eternity. You, personally, you. That makes Christmas a whole lot different, doesn't it? What a gift. What a gift we have in Jesus. I just want to finish off with this verse here. Oh, Tom and Ben, could you guys come up? We are going to go into one more song, um, Hark the Herald. I told Tom he could pick out any music, and I literally told him for like three months, like, hey, Hark the Herald, hey, Hark the Herald. So he finally did, like, Hark the Herald. He's a really cool guy that way. I really, um, all I really want for us, and it's not up to me, it's between you and God, but all I really want for us for Christmas is not my two front teeth, I have those for a couple more years just really want for you to understand how personal this Christmas is and who Jesus really is and who he wants to be in your life. And if you're a person that is making things about what you do and making things about religion, stop. <laughs> That's all I know how to say it. It's about what Jesus did. And rest in that. Rejoice in that. As we go into this next song, like rejoice in that. It'll change your life. It'll take that pressure off. And it'll show you exactly who you're meant to be. Let's, let's finish this last verse up. And if you guys want to stand with us, that'd be awesome. Romans 3.22, it says, We are made right with God by placing our faith in Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. I know that we read that. I just wanted to say that again. If you're wondering where you're at with the Lord, like I know a lot of people like, am I saved? Am I not saved? You know, I, I, I slipped up. Are you trusting who Jesus Christ is? As you look at Christmas, are you recognizing who that little baby is and why he needed to come? Is it personal to you? Because religion didn't work for anybody. And it's never going to work for anybody. It's about us getting personal with Jesus and deciding what we're going to do with this gift from God. Are we going to put our faith and our trust in him? Or are we going to keep on going, trying to do everything ourselves and rest in that? That's a tiring, exhausting, prideful life. Humble yourselves. Accept this gift of Christmas. And let's celebrate. God bless you guys.
Thanks again for listening to the Engage Church Duluth podcast. If you enjoy learning with us and want to be notified when a new episode drops, subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and help us get the word out by rating us there. And then share us on social media with all of your friends. And don't forget, you can find more resources on our website and even watch the video version of this message. We can't wait to connect with you again next week.